Welcome to She Can Too, hosted by me, Kristen Cantu. This is a podcast that shares insights and lessons from Vermont's women entrepreneurs. We speak with women about their personal journey in entrepreneurship and how it impacts every aspect of their life. In this episode, we are interviewing Leah Jones. Leah owns Alloy Jewelry and is in the process of opening a second business, Dear Jane Jewelry. As if that isn't enough on her plate, she's also a mom to three school-aged boys. Leah is based in Montpelier, Vermont, and I'm excited for you all to get to know her story a bit better. Hi, Leah. Hi, Kristen. <laughs> I am really excited to have you as a guest on our podcast. Well, thank you so much for reaching out to me. This is really great. Um, so, Leah, before we, we dig into your story, I, uh, I have a question that I, I love to ask people. Um, so I'd, I'd like to ask you one question. How would you describe yourself to our listeners? <laughs> That's a hard one to start out with. <laughs> um, well, I guess it would depend on who you ask, but um, I would say that I'm someone who's pretty outgoing. Um, I'm sort of able to meld into any group that I'm in. Um, I'm crazy about my friends. Many of them I've been friends with since graded school. Um, but I'm actually an introvert, which is really kind of interesting, um, meaning I, I refuel by being alone. Um, I enjoy being with other people. A lot of it, I spend a lot of time with other people, um, but I also really need to be alone. And I think that's why I've always gravitated toward creative projects. Um, it sort of gives me that time to recoup from being around other people. So you mentioned that that's being an introvert is one of the reasons why you gravitate towards creative projects. So you, you create jewelry um, and you own one coming on two different jewelry businesses. Uh, why jewelry as your craft? Like what drew you to it? Well, I've always loved jewelry. Um, I can remember being really young and sitting next to my mother and my grandmother in church and taking off their rings and putting them on my hands and sort of moving them around to see them sparkling in the church lights. Um, and of course, you know, part of me was just trying to pass the time. Um, and part of me was sort of wondering what my life would look like when I was fancy enough to wear um, jewelry like that. And um, my father, when I was young, ran his own law firm and so on days when school was closed or when I was homesick, um, he'd sometimes take me with him on title searches um, all over Vermont. And without fail, we would stop at any and all antique stores that we passed. Um, most of the items in the stores, I just found so boring and so old. <laughs> um, but what every store had that was not boring and not old to me um, was a case full of beautiful, one-of-a-kind um, estate jewelry. And, and I don't, you know, back then I didn't really recognize those period pieces as like Art Deco or from the Victorian area, era or whatever. I just, I loved them. Um, and I guess the allure of jewelry has just sort of stayed with me um, Mostly, I really love the sentimental aspect um, of jewelry. You know, when people wear pieces that have been passed down through generations, 
um, and they have that sense of sort of connectedness between what they're holding and the people who wore them before. Um, so yeah, I, I really just connect with that sentimental part of jewelry. So you talk a lot about the sentimental parts and you going to these antique stores with your father. Uh, I can I can imagine maybe being a little girl as well, <laughs> sort of in your <laughs> shoes and looking at these pieces. And did you ever wonder what the stories were behind them? Always, 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 always. I I just would try to picture who wore them, and I would talk with the owners of the shop, and they would tell me little tidbits like where they got this piece, or you know, and they they would always let me try them on and. Um, the story is a really big aspect for me um, of making jewelry. And um, I just, I would compare what my life was like at that moment to what the person who belonged to this piece, what their life was like at that moment. And just, you know, see that there were a lot of differences, but also probably a lot of similarities. Um, and that, that was just fascinating to me. Leah, did you always know that jewelry was something you wanted to pursue as, as a career? Or were, were there any other things that you considered and maybe no, took up? I, I totally didn't know that jewelry was going to be um, the thing that I did. I knew I, I wanted to do something with reading or writing. Um, and I knew it needed to be something that was creative, but I didn't know jewelry would be in the story. <laughs> so what, what were some of the other things that you considered or maybe pursued before you decided that you wanted to pursue owning your own jewelry business? Well, um, for a while, I considered going to law school. Um, and I actually worked at a law firm in San Diego for several years. Um, and that reality of seeing what lawyers do all day, just so much confrontation and paperwork, <laughs> um, kind of changed my mind on that one. Not to mention that my boyfriend then, who is now my husband, was in law school at the time. And I could just see that that wasn't the stress I wanted <laughs> in my life. <laughs> um, but my experience at that law firm led me to work as an editor at a publishing company in Boston, um, managing their legal titles. And Boston is where I started making jewelry. Um, so it did lead me to that. So when you started making jewelry, was it sort of more as like a, a, a hobby or did you originally start making it just to give to friends or to sell as something to do on the side? Like how did, like what was the the path from starting to make this jewelry while you're at this publishing firm to, to I guess, to where you are today? Well, I actually started making jewelry for fun with my sister um, who also lived in Boston close by me. We would have craft nights and um, we started making jewelry together there. Um, in 2004, um, my friends had just opened a, a little boutique in Brookline, um, which is where I lived. Um, it's still there, actually. It's called Mint Julep. And they were willing to sell my stuff. Um, and that was the first place 
that I realized that I could make something and actually have somebody buy it, <laughs> which was, you know, just mind blowing to me. Um, shortly after that, my husband and I moved to Vermont and I kept my job at the publishing company and worked from home. Uh, it wasn't the most exciting job, but uh, my bosses were really flexible and sort of allowed me to make my own hours. Um, within a couple of years after moving to Vermont, we had had our first two sons who were, they were only 22 months apart. Um, and, you know, as happens when you have babies in the house, I never really knew how much sleep I was going to get in a night. Um, or when they would both be asleep at the same time um, so that I could rest. So when they were both sleeping, I would sort of race to the computer and try to do my work for the publishing company. Um, and my eyes would literally just cross trying to stay awake to edit this legal material. <laughs> it was really sucking out what little energy and pep in my step that I had left. Um, so I made a deal with myself and I, I just said, if I can swap editing part-time for selling jewelry, um, as long as I brought in as much selling jewelry as I did editing, then it would work and I would keep doing that. Um, and like I said, I had been making jewelry for friends and family and a few people had asked me to do a, a few custom pieces for them. And I could just, you know, regardless of how tired I was from the night sleep the night before, I could just, I, this was a project I could get into and I could see myself sort of light up in those moments that I was alone and creating and in a way that never happened when I was editing. Um, so I launched Alloy Jewelry um, on Etsy first, actually, in 2008. Um, the original pieces that I made were really different than what I do now. Um, and Alloy Jewelry had come from, it was, the, the meaning of alloy is a mixture of metals. So a lot of my designs had different metals on top of one on top of each other. And so that's where alloy jewelry came from. So how long has it been now that you've had alloy jewelry? Um, it has been 12 years. Wow. And, and you taught, you said how the pieces that you originally made are are quite different than the ones you have now. Can you talk about the evolution of that, of, of what your pieces look like and, and how they may have changed yeah. over the last dozen years? Yeah. So um, early on, way at the beginning, when I started Alloy Jewelry, um, I had a friend who worked at Family Circle Magazine, and she agreed to show her boss some of my stuff. Um, they did a, a little like fourth of a page write up on my business and it featured this a little picture of what I called the family circle necklace and it was a copper ring with names engraved around the outside and it had a little sterling silver circle in the um, center um, and 
Well, let me tell you, those family circle readers are dedicated. <laughs> I went from getting a few hours, a few orders in a week to getting um, up to 50 orders a day after that magazine came out. And um, we were just going crazy making jewelry. Everyone in my family came to help. And that one bit of um, exposure, I guess, sort of pushed my business and my designs into the realm of personalized jewelry. So even though that wasn't necessarily the vision that I had for myself or my my products, I I could see that this type of product sold really well. And um, before long, I was adding more and more personalized products. And um, that's how it sort of evolved into that niche. Was, was that scary getting, you know, going from, you talk about going from a few hours of work to, <laughs> you know, getting 50 orders a day. I mean, what, what was like, what were you thinking? What were you feeling when all of this <laughs> happened? It was, it was really hard. Um, you know, they say a lot of businesses fail when they get an increase of business like that. And it was, it was really quite overwhelming. We immediately put our kids in daycare, um, you know, and before that I had been home taking care of them every day. Um, so that was a major change. And I would make jewelry all day we would get the kids in daycare, feed them, put them to bed, and then I would make jewelry all night. <laughs> um, my mom came to help, my dad came to help, my sister, family, friends. My husband would be in the basement polishing jewelry, sort of cursing under his breath. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we just did it. We we just did it. We kept going. Um, worked around the clock. And I think by the end of it, we only had two customers who left upset with us. Um, somehow we pulled it off. We just, we got, I got systems put in place very quickly with shipping, printing out shipping orders and packaging. And I delegated everything that I, that couldn't, could be done by somebody but me I delegated to somebody else um and I just sat in the corner and made jewelry <laughs> Leah you've had alloy jewelry for you say 12 years now and you're coming close to launching a second business dear Jane jewelry can you tell us the story behind that sure um so when things took off with alloy jewelry um I mentioned earlier how family circle magazine had sort of propelled me into doing custom pieces. Um, and, you know, like I said, I had never been totally in love with the work that I was doing. I really loved making my customers happy. Um, and I loved that I was able to, to make a living doing something other than editing. But the personalized stuff, it, it didn't always fill that creative bucket of mine. Um, and over the years, I sort of became complacent with the reliability of the sales, with the personalized stuff. Um, and I do other creative things to satisfy that sort of creative need that I had. Um, 
And I guess that's sort of where Dear Jane came in. Um, just to give you a little background, um, reading and books have always been a big part of my life. And um, over time, I, I feel like I've sort of clung on to certain characters in literature because of the similarities that I could see between us. Um, I used to have these journals that I would fill with quotes from books and I'd hang them all over my bedroom. Um, and those quotes became very dear to me and I would share them in cards and notes with other people who were dear to me. So with Dear Jane, um, I wanted to create jewelry that had that same sense of sentiment. And um, I wanted to create jewelry that people who connected with literature in the same way that I do um, could enjoy these pieces. And I started to design pieces that had quotes on them um, more than you know the personalized piece and those designs sort of naturally began began to resemble the old antique lockets and the estate jewelry that I talked about um, seeing in those cases and all the antique stores that I um, had gone into with my dad. So why did you decide to start this as a secondary business instead of incorporating this vision this new vision of yours into your current one? That's a really good question. Um, I had thought about rebranding Alloy Jewelry into a brand that focused on these pieces inspired by literature and sort of the Art Deco period rather than the personalized pieces. But the more I talked about it, um, the more I really saw these new designs as separate from Alloy. Um, Alloy pieces are created very much for that one specific customer. And the final piece would sort of check every box on their list and I'd send it off. And these new pieces, um, I really wanted to design on my end and sort of to put my love and memories surrounding the quotes and imagery into it and, and then have a customer come across it and fall in love with it. Um, so yeah, that's what Dear Jane is. It's jewelry inspired by classic literature um, that I hope my customers will feel very dear to themselves and and they'll want to give it give them to the people who are dear in their lives. You've you've been working on Dear Jane jewelry on the launch um, for a little bit now. Can you share with us when the launch date might be or when people can expect to, to be able to buy Dear Jane jewelry products? Yes. So I'm hoping the website is actually all done. Um, I got a little bit slowed down because I had um, carpal tunnel surgery. <laughs> um, and the recovery has taken longer than I, I was expecting it to. So it will be launched hopefully within the next week. So you, you just mentioned that you had carpal tunnel surgery. I would imagine that as someone who uses their hands <laughs> to make a living, uh, to, you know, to earn, you know, to earn money, that that's, that's a scare. That's something that's, that's quite scary. <laughs> it was very scary. I, I was told about 10 years ago that I needed to have it. And I finally just went through with it. <laughs> so you've just now done your carpal tunnel surgery. And also at the same time, you know, so we're in a pandemic <laughs> and <laughs> you're running one business, starting a second. Can, can you talk about what it's like to be an entrepreneur 
and you know, running a business and starting a new one during a time like this? Wow. Well, yeah, through the, through the years, I've also um, had several positions at Vermont College of Fine Arts, BCFA, and I happened to be working on a project for them when the pandemic hit. So I had just started this new job at BCFA. I had alloy jewelry running and Dear Jane was sort of on the queue to start. Um, and all of a sudden I had three kids home from school. To be honest, I didn't get a whole lot done with my new <laughs> my new venture. Um, I just, I focused on the kids, getting through the day, getting my VCFA work done that I had committed to doing for them and fulfilling orders that came in from my Alloy website. Um, I feel like the pandemic really slowed life down for us, to be honest, even though there was so much going on. We also just had a lot more flexibility to be able to sort of sneak work in here and there and still get the kids what they needed. So it it's been stressful, um, but at the same time, we've we've also had everything that we've we've needed, and um, so we've we've been able to sort of chip away. So you you mentioned your boys. <laughs> so you do you do have three school aged boys. Um, how do you how do you you know you talked about slowing down, and it seems like you've been able to pick back up a little bit again, or, or maybe a lot, you know, with Dear Jane Jewelry. How? What's shifted for you to allow that where you're like, how, how are you able to manage, you know, your business and your family during all of this? Are there some times when more gets done on one side than the other? Is it being flexible? <laughs> like, I mean, how are you doing it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I think the biggest thing for me, and this has always been true, whether, you know, it's during the pandemic or not, um, I've... <laughs> I don't know how to say this without making it sound bad, but I, I set the bar pretty low for myself. <laughs> um, and I'm very easy on myself when things don't um, don't pan out the way I envisioned them to. Um, and I think that that's actually been a really good thing for me as far as um, being able to manage all of these different things because once I take the pressure off of myself for things to be perfect, um, they're able to just sort of be good enough. And um, that lack of of pressure and the lack of anxiety surrounded and that surrounds being perfect actually kind of allows more space for me to be able to productively get stuff done. Um, so that's been that's been a good thing to focus on for me. I would I would also imagine that being a solo entrepreneur can be challenging. I mean, you mentioned that you have, you know, you've taken parts of your business like, you know, shipping and printing and whatnot and, you know, given that to, to other people or other companies to help out with. But I was wondering if you could tell us about your support system. I mean, who do you turn to when you're not really sure how to move forward in your business or I don't know, maybe if you're just feeling lost or if you just need to vent, like who, what does your support system look like? Oh, there's so many wonderful um, makers and creators in Vermont. <laughs> um, I, I mentioned already that my friends and my family have stepped in a lot to help out and they still do. Um, but I do have 
sort of a core group of professionals who I I turn to when I need specific advice, um, especially since I, I'm not a trained um, bench jeweler. So a lot of the skills that I've, I use in my business were learned by watching YouTube videos or taking a class here and there. Um, so I often reach out to other jewelers in town um, when I don't know how to do something. And um, I have a few specific people, uh, Aaron Harris from Elm Harris Designs in East Montpelier and um, Lachlan Smith right here in Montpelier and Ann Darrow from Luca Designs in Worcester. And they're really great resources for me um, when I'm trying to perfect a new skill and if that is needed for to carry out one of my designs. Um, I also have worked pretty much my whole time that I've had my business. Um, I've worked off and on with a woman out of Greenwich, Connecticut, Sarah Alter, who she's an expert in marketing and messaging and strategy and business growth. And she's been extremely helpful in getting Dear Jane started. Um, Moment Consulting is her business name, and, and she actually specializes in helping mom on, entrepreneurs with their businesses and they're navigating all the specific challenges that moms have when they're growing their business. Um, it's a really sort of positive and, and really supportive group um, that I reach out to. We, we all sort of have this underlying belief that there's nothing but good things that can come from helping each other out. Um, there's no competition amongst us and there's just sort of this baseline that there is enough business, enough success, enough for all of us to go around. And um, I, I honestly, without this group of people, and it, it also stretches out to um, many others, but without this group of people, I, I'm not sure I would be um, where I am at, at this point in my business. Well, it makes me really happy to hear that you feel like you can turn to other people, you know, other women who are in the same industry as you. Um, you know, you, you had mentioned that, you know, you learned a lot on your own. You know, you, you also said you're not a bench jeweler. And I was wondering if for our listeners who aren't familiar with that term, if you could explain what a bench jeweler is. Well, if someone who's a, a true metalsmith and a, a bench jeweler has, um, had some formal training in the chemistry of, of metalwork. So they have um, been trained on how to use chemicals to treat metal, how to use fire to manipulate metal. Um, and just they've had formal training on um, techniques like setting stones, um, casting, forming, um, forming rings and other shapes, you know, using metal clay. Um, I have a background, you know, I went to UVM and studied, I majored in English and I minored in studio art and I, I focused, my studio art training was focused on sculpture. So I just didn't have any of that 
background on um, like the techniques that a bench jeweler or a metalsmith would have. Leah, is there anything that you know about entrepreneurship now that you wish you had known when you first got started? Oh my gosh, so many things. I think, you know, like I mentioned before, at the beginning, I was, I was sort of hesitant to hire help. I, I did everything at first myself and, and I've, I just, I think to be an a successful entrepreneur, you have to learn where your strengths are and where your energy most serves your business. Um, and that's been really hard for me because um, I've I've wanted to sort of have my hands in everything. And I think learning that I can outsource or have somebody else do something for me has opened up so much more space for me to be productive with the, the things that I, my strengths really lie in. Are there any big mistakes that you've made along the way? Yeah, so one of the one of the biggest struggles that I have, I still struggle with, um, and I struggle with it on every part of my business. I struggle with with this on design and marketing um, and production. Is is I really I tend to rush things. Um, I get an idea and I want to make it happen now. I want to package it now. I want to market it now. Um, and I've learned that rushing a product or an idea without doing the legwork in the beginning to make a strategic plan to roll out this product, for example, ends up with, it just ends up with a lot of wasted money, um, a lot of wasted time and, and just mixed messaging. So I'm, I'm really learning to sort of slow down and really work an idea out on paper and think about who the product is for and how I'll tell the story of this product in a way that will sort of set me up to be able to market it more thoughtfully. Was there ever a point during this, during all of this, where you thought that maybe entrepreneurship wasn't worth it, that, that it wasn't for you? Yes, every day. <laughs> I question myself every day. Um, specifically, every time I sit down to do social media, I decide I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> Um, it's so overwhelming to keep up with all the algorithms and the Instagram stories and the reels now and on and on. And, um, I would love to hire a social media manager, but it's, that's sort of easier said than done because so much of the brand is me and I, I have a heart. That is one thing I have a hard time passing off to somebody else. What would you say is the best part about running your own business? I would say the flexibility. Um, I love, love, love that I can be here for my family in ways that I, I never could be if I had a job where I wasn't sort of running the show. Um, I know people make it work for them all the time. And I have in the past when I've needed to, but it, it's awful nice to know that when you wake up with a sick kid who needs to stay home from school, um, that I'm not calling in and letting someone down at the office. So. I just, I just really think that that part of running the business has, running my own business has um, been the part that's been most enjoyable for me. 
Leah, did you have any mentors along the way? People who maybe helped guide you, um, you know, during this, during your jewelry making, you know, becoming an entrepreneur? Absolutely. So I, I early on was a member of Vermont Handcrafters. Um, and so many of the artisans in that organization were mentors to me along the way. Um, you know, those people that I mentioned earlier, um, Aaron Harris and Lachlan and Anne Darrow um, have all been mentors to me too. Um, Sarah, who owns Bailey Road in Montpelier has been so fantastic with just sitting down and just letting me bounce ideas off of her about how to run a business um, in general. And um, I also have a very dear friend, um, Nina Diloff from Nina Diloff Designs. And she is just an expert in, in metal smithing. And I send pictures of what I'm doing to her. I text her with these, you know, total mess ups that I've made and she'll just come back at me with, oh, try this, try this. Um, so yeah, so many mentors along the way. I don't know if I serve as a mentor to anyone. Um, I guess in the way that these other people serve as mentors to me, I suppose I probably, um, you know, contribute in some way <laughs> to them, I hope. Leah. What, what is your advice to other women looking to start their own business? I would say do it. Even if, even if you have to hustle at the beginning and do it on the side, it's so fun seeing your work go out into the world. And, um, you know, if you, if you keep your main job until you're able to swap it out, I think that's, that was the key for me was that I wasn't really taking that much of a risk because I, I kept my other job until I was able to replace it with this, until I got enough business to replace it with this. So I would say go for it. Um, it's a lot of work, but it's so worth it. Leah, do you have any favorite pieces of jewelry that you make or maybe pieces that you find um, your, your customers you know, are the most popular among them? I do. Um, so my favorite pieces that I make, and this has been a cornerstone of my my designs for Dear Jane. Um, my favorite pieces are the pieces where there's writing that can't be seen um, outwardly. So the writing is there, but it's it's only for yourself, um, or it's only for the person who you've gifted it to. Um, just to know that 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 little quote and that little um, sentiment is there, but you, but it's not like front and center on the piece. So my favorite piece from that I make from alloy jewelry is um, it's just this little cuff, um, this little gold cuff, and it has a quote on the inside, and that's also the piece that sells the most. So Leah, where? Can our listeners find you, find your jewelry online? Well, I have, Alloy Jewelry has a website. It's shopalloyjewelry.com. Um, it's also, I also have a little corner in Bailey Road in Montpelier. 
Um, and that's the best place to go for custom pieces. Um, like I said, Dear Jane has a, a website and it, um, it will be live within the next week, but we also have a Facebook and Instagram presence um, already that people can find us on. And awesome. I'm hoping that Dear Jane will be, um, Dear, since Alloy focuses on custom work, I'm, I'm hoping that Dear Jane will be more retail. So I'll, I'll be able to add more retail stores in the future. Awesome. And just for all of our listeners, we can link in the show notes, all of Leah's at the website for Alloy Jewelry, for Dear Jane Jewelry and her social media accounts, which she says she's not very good at, but I disagree. <laughs> I think you do a pretty good job. Um, and we, we will also share a link for Bailey Road where you can find her jewelry in person. Uh, Leah, thank you so much for speaking with us today. This has been, this has been so much fun. You know, I've known you for a couple of years now, but I just, I really feel that I've gotten to know you a lot better during this interview and and i'm sure our, our listeners will will enjoy learning more about you too well thank you so much too Kristen. i i really appreciate you taking the time to find out more so this has been great thank you all right and um good luck with the launch of dear jane jewelry and um i'm just i'm very much looking forward to to seeing how it all goes and i'm sure it'll be it'll be great <laughs> Um, well, thanks so much again for your time. Um, and we, I, I'm sure I'll see you around town soon. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Kristen. Right, thank you. Bye. Bye. She Can Too is a production of Well Told Films based in Montpelier, Vermont. If you're interested in advertising during a future episode or know a woman entrepreneur we should speak to, email podcasts at welltoldfilms.com. Our original cover art is by Alyssa Ruggieri, and you can find more of her work at alr-designs.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please share with a friend, subscribe on Apple Podcasts for free, and rate and review our show. Your support is crucial to our success. Until next time, bye!